This is Confessions of a Closet Romantic, a podcast where I celebrate my favorite romantic books, TV shows, movies, and talk in detail about why I love them so much without embarrassment or shame. Mostly, this is Poppy, and in this episode, bring on the corn, the comfort and fun of slightly corny romance. It's that perfect time of year. Well, let's face it, it's that kind of year. For snuggling under a blanket with a hot drink and losing yourself in a slightly corny, over-the-top, cheesy, but everything ends perfectly romance. That kind of sincere belief in humanity and love is practically extinct, but these movies don't need a self-conscious wink-wink or snark or smug irony. Nothing less smug than sweet, unlucky at love until the final scenes, Kate Winslet in The Holiday. Iris, you're a knockout. (gasps) Thank you. And may I say, so are you. Did I do my tie okay? I haven't worn one in 15 years. Perfect. I like this Hugo boss. He cuts a nice suit. (laughs) I've got something for you. Forgive me. The last time I had a date, this, this is what we did. It's beautiful. If it's corny... If it's going to ruin your outfit, you don't have to wear it. I like corny. I'm looking for corny in my life. It's a nice line. It's all those movies. Okay, let's do it. Some of these movies make roundups of the cheesiest chick flicks ever. But I often think, are they cheesy? I think they're romantic, heartfelt. I guess it really depends on your viewpoint. Like, I'm not a super big Nicholas Sparks movie fan, though I have enjoyed a book or two of his. To me, he is a master of the cheese, which is okay if that's your thing. But, oh, I fell hard for Message in a Bottle. This movie is ridiculously implausible and corny, but it's so heart-wrenching. This is that Nicholas Sparks story about a female journalist who's played by Robin Wright, who goes for a jog one morning at the beach and finds a bottle in the sand. There's an anonymous, heartbreaking love letter inside. And just like in Sleepless in Seattle, she decides to track down the person who wrote the letter. Naturally. It turns out to be a heartbroken widower, played by Kevin Costner, who lives in a tiny seaside town miles away and has never looked better, by the way, is pure emotional Nicholas Sparks catharsis. Oh, emotionally damaged man reluctant to take a chance on love until that special woman comes along trope. Oh, you know how I love it. Okay, him inviting her in to his little seaside cottage is a tiny moment, but emotionally huge in this story. Sigh. I'm sorry. And what I said must have hurt you. No. 
No. I just heard what you couldn't tell me. Or maybe what I couldn't hear. And I, I understand now. I think it's so beautiful the way you love her. Teresa. Just listen. know you don't have to say anything. It's what made me want to find you. Then stay with me. Come inside. Just stay as long as you want. Garrett, I thought about it. I thought about a lot of things sitting out here. And I can't stay. Why? As if you can, you'll come to me when it's right. And Garrett, if it's not right, it's okay. Because I wouldn't regret one minute. Not one. Heartfelt faith in love isn't my definition of cheesy. I know there's a fine line between sincere and easy or emotionally manipulative. These films aren't the pinnacle of movie making, but they often remind me of particular memories or emotions or past loves. And if they float the romance boat, why not? In keeping with the philosophy of this podcast, I won't feel guilty or ashamed about enjoying them. My usual go-to is a classic screwball comedy from the 1930s. My younger self craved this kind of romance that was smarter, simpler, less complicated. At least that's how it seemed. When people held doors for each other and weren't too jaded to believe in happy ever after, no matter how complicated the journey to the altar was. Cary Grant was my original screen boyfriend, and he was never better than in His Girl Friday with Rosalind Russell. She battled him word by clever word. I mean, who talks or acts like this in real life? But don't you wish they did? I have right after the honeymoon. <laughs> that honeymoon. Oh, was it my fault? Did I know that coal mine was going to have another cave-in? I intended to be with you on our honeymoon, Hildy. Honest, I did. All I know is that instead of two weeks in Atlantic City with my bridegroom, I spent two weeks in the coal mine with John Krupski. You don't deny that, do you, Walter? Deny it? I'm proud of it. We beat the whole country on that story. Well, suppose we did. That isn't what I got married for. Oh, what is the good of... Look, sound of course. What I came up here to tell you is that you must stop phoning me a dozen times uh-huh. a day, sending me 20 telegrams. I write a beautiful telegram, don't I? Everybody says so. Are you going to listen to what I have to say? Look, look, what's the use of fighting, Hildy? I'll tell you what you do. You come back to work on the paper. What? If we find we can't oh. get along in a friendly fashion, we'll get married again. What? Certainly, I haven't any hard feelings. Oh, Walter, you're huh. wonderful in a loathsome sort of way. Now, will you please be quiet just long enough for me to tell you what I came up here to say? I have a lunch date already. I cannot break it. Will you take your hands off me? What are you playing, osteopath? Temper, temper. Oh, listen, Walter. You are no longer my husband and no longer my boss. And you're not going to be my boss. What's that supposed to mean? Just what I say. You mean you're not coming back to work on the paper? You are right, Mr. Burns, for the first time today. Uh, uh, got a better offer, huh? You bet I've got a better All offer. All right, go on, take it, work for somebody else. That's the gratitude I get. Oh, I wish you What were you when panning. you came here five years ago? A little college girl from a school of journalism. Oh. I took a doll-faced hick. Well, it wouldn't take me if I hadn't been doll-faced. Oh, why should I? I thought it'd be a novelty to have a face around here, man could look at without shuddering. Listen, Walter. Listen, I made a great reporter out of you, Hildy, but you won't be half as good on any other paper, and you know it. We're I mean, a team. That's what we are. You need me, and I need you, and the paper needs both Americans. Oh, all right, God. Listen, Walter, please. Mm-hmm. The paper's going to have to get along without me. So are you. Just didn't work out, Walter. Well, it would have worked out if you'd been satisfied with 
Just being editor and reporter, but not you. You had to marry me, spoil everything. I wasn't, sir. I suppose I proposed to you. Well, you practically did, making goo-goo eyes at me for two years until I broke down. Oh, water. And I still claim I'm as tight the night I proposed to you. If you'd have been a gentleman, you'd have forgotten all about it, but not you. Oh, you're losing your eye. You used to be able to pitch better than that. So many cornball movies have one particular scene that I just love. And I love you declaration, a proposal scene, or a fantastic kiss. Oh, that don't come after me, stay safe scene in The Lake House starring Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. This is that romantic fantasy movie about the relationship between an architect and the doctor who lived in his lake house two years before. The time-traveling aspect in this movie gets a bit complicated, but they are only able to communicate by putting letters into the lake house mailbox. They begin to fall for each other, but they first have to figure out where they're located in the time-space continuum before they can be together. Wait for me. I'll be there. I mean, all of the pent-up emotion during all of the intricate time-traveling scenes before this one. It's a bit of a predictable trope resolving itself, but I'm still so happy to hear that creaky old mailbox has a final crucial message for these two. Alex, I know why you didn't show up that night. It was you at Daily Plaza that day. It was you. Please don't go. Just wait. Please. Don't look for me. Don't try to find me. I love you. And it's taken me all this time to say it, but I love you. still care for me wait for me wait with me just wait 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 two years Alex come to the lake house I'm here saying I love you for the first time, a sweet, intimate proposal and hot kiss are combined in one of the last scenes in the proposal starring Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. Oh boy, that man can kiss. And it's even more charming when he does it after winding his way through a maze of office cubicles to reach her at their workplace. When you put your big man hands on either side of her face and pull her close, I am going to be glued to the screen. Yeah, many complicated things have to work out with perfect timing for this movie to even smack of realism, but that doesn't take away from my enjoyment of one minute of it. Hey. Andrew. Why, why are you panting? Because I've been running. Really, from Alaska? 
I need to talk to you. Yeah, well, I don't have time to talk. I need to catch a 5.45 to Toronto. Margaret. So I need the boxes to go out today. I want to make sure everything is... Safe. Margaret, stop talking! I'm gonna say something. Okay. So just take a sec. Fine. What? Three days ago, I loathed you. I used to dream about you getting hit by a cab or poisoned. That's, that's nice. Yeah, I told you to stop talking. And we had our little adventure up in Alaska, and things started to change. Things changed when we kissed. And when you told me about your tattoo. Even when you checked me out when we were naked. Naked? <laughs> well, I didn't see anything. Yeah, you did. But I didn't realize any of this until I was standing alone. In a barn. Wifeless. Now, you can imagine my disappointment when it suddenly dawned on me that the woman I love is about to be kicked out of the country. So, Margaret. Marry me. Because I'd like to date you. reason why I've been alone all this time. I'm comfortable that way. And I think it would just be a lot easier if we forgot everything that happened and I just left. You're right. That would be easier. Another adorable proposal scene is the trope switch during Leap Year starring Matthew Good and Amy Adams. If you've seen this movie, you know it's all about the Celtic tradition of women asking men to marry them once every four years. Is that even a thing? I don't even care. If you've seen this movie, you know what his silence at the end means and how they draw it out just to torture us. This movie isn't even close to a documentary, but it is dripping with charm. 
mostly because of the chemistry between the two leads and all of those scenes set in the Irish countryside. Well, when my 60 seconds came around, I realized I had everything I ever wanted, but nothing I really needed. And I think that what I need is here. And I came all this way to see if Maybe you might think so, too. And if you do... Well, I don't really have any plans past that, which is new for me. So, Declan O'Callaghan, and I should probably learn your middle name. Here is my proposal. I propose we not make plans... I propose we give this thing a chance and let it work out how it works out. So what do you say? Do you want to not make plans with me? Sometimes I'm just looking for a completely implausible world to escape to. Like, I don't know any of Nancy Meyer's romantic comedies, especially that California house and Kate Winslet's self-empowerment moment in The Holiday. This was a really close call. You know, I never thought I'd say this, literally never, but I think you were absolutely right about us. Very square peg, very round hole. You cannot mean that. The great thing is, I actually do. And I'm about three years late in telling you this. But nevertheless, I need to say it. Jasper, where? I need the lights on. Jasper, you have never treated me right, ever. Oh, babe. Shush! You broke my heart. You acted like somehow it was my fault, my misunderstanding, and I was too in love with you to ever be mad at you, so I just punished myself for years. But you waltzing in here on my lovely Christmas holiday and telling me that you don't want to lose me whilst you're about to get married somehow newly entitles me to say, it's over. This, this, this twisted, toxic thing between us is finally finished. I'm miraculously done being in love with you. I've got a life to start living. And you're not going to be in it. Okay, here are my current nominations for more of the cheesiest, corniest, but most enjoyable romantic films. Grease 2. Oh, Maxwell Caulfield. What a dreamboat. He's still hot. Look him up. Blue Lagoon, Bridges of Madison County, Only You. Oh, Bonnie Hunt in that movie. Message in a Bottle, of course. Ever After. And, of course, anything that appears on the Hallmark Channel, especially around the holidays, or with the word royal in the title. They really pull out all the stops on those fake European countries, don't they? But the men are usually super yummy. And now, a listener confesses about one of her favorite romantic, over-the-top movies, Endless Love. 
I would never consider myself a closet romantic. I wouldn't even consider myself an out romantic. But as I was listening to one of your last podcasts, I suddenly remembered Endless Love. This is the 1980s Endless Love with Brooke Shields. I absolutely fell in love with that movie and it was my go-to movie every time my heart was breaking throughout much of my life, not just my teenager years, but um, probably into my 20s. And then I kind of forgot about the movie uh, until I was in a relationship um, before I met my husband. And I am 51 and I've been married for about since 2016. So I had a lot of years of heartbreak and choosing the wrong guys. And that probably had something to do with this movie. I sometimes think when I look back on the crazy passionate love affair and um, insanity of that relationship, I relate. But um, I finally did find somebody who wasn't crazy and (laughs) I kind of cooled down my crazy as well. So, but I do remember I was uh, dating this guy. He was actually my neighbor and dating in quotation marks. Basically, um, we were just sleeping together and uh, he, I realized once again that he was unavailable and that this relationship was going nowhere. And I just turned to that movie and I bawled my eyes out. I just cried and cried and cried. And it was really cathartic. And I think I just released not only that guy, but just the idea of this crazy romantic love affair. Um, and not long after that, I, I met my husband and it's we have a lot of romance, but it's not the insane love of endless love. But I will, I think I'll always appreciate that movie and um, I might even watch it again real soon just to, uh, to see it from a different perspective. I would love to hear about your favorite corniest romantic movie or show. Just record a voice memo on your phone, click share, and email to confessionsofaclosetromantic at gmail.com. Don't forget to let me know if you want your confession to be private or shared. Oh, I can't wait to hear your nominations. If you enjoy this podcast, I hope you'll consider clicking share from your podcast app or telling your friends about it. Any sound effects you hear are courtesy of the good people at freesound.org under a Creative Commons license. Find show notes with links to what I've been babbling about at confessionsofaclosetromantic.com. It's so nice to have your company. Until next time, wishing you shame-free, corny, corny romance.